Slice Audio. You're listening to the Book of Murdoch. God damn right you are. What's shaking? Happy June. It's June. And this thing still exists. I got I got some intro stuff. Thanks, Oakley. That's coming from the uh, cast of Home Slice. It's uh, happy hour day here at the Home Slice Studios. Once a week, we shut her down a little earlier in the afternoon and, you know. But we play hammer schlagen. That's something we've been doing. You know, this is... <laughs> City people are like, what the hammer schlagen? You take a big, you see there's a like beer, beer, Oktoberfest, right? You get in the Lederhosen or whatever and you take a big stump and you try to hit the, I, there's no way to make this not sound a little hayseed, but like the first person who gets the nail in the stump wins. And you're drinking beer. What could go wrong? Um, all right. Dean's going to do the news. He's back. We'll have that coming up. Um, I got, <laughs> there's some really weird L-Sister memories. We'll get to those in this episode too. <clears throat> um, boom, boom, boom. where do you want to start? We can start with, why don't we start with take backs from the last episode? <laughs> well, let's find out what we are wrong about last week. Nice. It's time for take backs. Look at this, I got production shit. Take backs. If you don't know what take backs is, we take a look at the last episode. See if we want to change our mind on anything. Alright, hold on now. Um, I don't really have much. I here here's what I do have, I guess. If I re so when we recorded the last episode, it was like as that fucking Texas shooting was happening. I mean like it, it just happened and Houston was doing the news, right? Um I I went and listened to my reaction to see what my reaction was. I wish I had another shot at that, right? Because, like, I'm watching everybody now make this about gun control, right? Like, eventually this becomes into a gun control debate. And, like, it is a mental health issue. But, you know, I think kids are dead. And, like, I talked about mental health. I wish I would have had a little more empathy for, like, you know, they're burying a bunch of elementary kids and like the debate i hear back is like what about chicago like i don't know man this is gun these are stats no one's trying to take them gun sales have tripled or production has tripled since 2000 the gun industry is likely having the same success as the weed industry is um i don't know man it's a mental health issue but like it's also a gun issue. <laughs> what do you want me? What do you want? What do you want me to say? That as I'm recording this, there was another shooting in a hospital, right? Like, I don't know, man. It's it's a little bit of a gun issue. You gun people got to get together on that. I'm um. You would be better off if you weren't making people mad that they felt like they didn't have to debate for the empathy of a bunch of dead kids, and you. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to take away your fucking hunting rifle or your 9mm or even your assault rifle, but, like, kids are dead, and, and 
it feels like if you're for some version of gun control, you feel like you're having to debate about having empathy for those victims, and that's a fucked up place to be, man. So, like, I guess that's my take back. Whoa, well, look at us. We're just starting deep and heavy. We can keep most of this light. <laughs> well, it's political season here, too, right? So, like, our this, those of you that don't listen from South Dakota... Um, because there's a lot more of you outside than in at this point, right? So, like, the thing that's interesting is that now everybody's at their everybody's 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 temperature. If we're if if political seasons are like boiling frogs when you're a kid and you learn what cold blooded means, everybody's in real hot water right now because we're you know a week out or whatever from the election week and a half here in South Dakota. And now all the, like all the, all the outside money comes in. So you can't use a piece of media without it turning into there's signs everywhere. You just can't avoid it. Um, I, I don't know. It's all the same shit, right? Like I've gotten today, this morning had three pieces of mail in my, just this, just from today, right? Like in, in my mailbox, right. About what, how a good Christian person would vote. Right. And like, Again, I'm not trying to make it all about guns, but like it's hard for me to think the Jesus I grew up with. Like, remember the remember the songs you sang when you're little. Like Zacchaeus was a wee little man. I don't see any lines about how it should be okay to blow the fucking school up. I just it, you would assume it'd be a Christian response, but man, I don't know, man. It's real off-putting with all the hateful bullshit that's out in the whatever. Um. I used to do a real fun election preview here in this state, you know, because we do quite we do a little bit of this business and uh, and <laughs> it used to make everybody mad. I wonder if I can do it on this podcast. I don't know. It'd be so boring. You know, no one from uh, no one from New York. It gives a shit about District 29 in Meade County. Um, went to the Hank Jr. concert. That was pretty cool. Um, you know, he I thought he was a lot. Hank. Hank Williams Jr., for those of you who don't know, is uh, the son of Hank Williams, it was <laughs> which is, won't shock any of you. Anyways, <clears throat> Hank Williams Jr., he's the all my rowdy friends are coming. He's the Monday night. He's the He had the Monday night football song before the hot blonde chick had it. Carrie Underwood, that who does it now, right? She has the new one. She I don't know what her song. I can hear it if you see it, but I got Hank in my head. Hank was the original, like, dun, 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 dun. oh, my ratted friends are coming, blah, blah, you know. Um, I got to say, man, Hank Williams is 73. I thought he was, like, 89. And he and I my first thought was, he looks pretty good. And then I, we found out, you know, you do a little Wikipedia on him, and he's 73. And, you know, looks not as good. <laughs> Sounds good. Um yeah, a little, little, you know, when he wants to remind you he's Bocephus, he's a little, he's kind of shitty about it. And, and when he wants to show you that he's a great musician, he will. But when he doesn't care and just wants to fuck off, that's kind of fun too. So he's like, gets real lazy on some of the guitar parts. But he's Hank Jr., he's allowed. Oh. <laughs> uh. It was a good show. We, uh, Franny and I are playing a fun game. We have, we play in the wolves, not sheep game. you like, every time you see one of them t-shirts, right? Where you're like, you know, 
guns and I'll defend it to the end. He's kind of militant, you know what I mean? Like, I'm here to remind everybody what a tough bastard I am. You get double points if it's a 3X shirt, though, you know? That's what you're going for. As there's a lot of that at a Hank Jr. show. Um, great, I you know Hank was awesome. I had a fun Hank. I think this is pretty accurate. So you have all. Oh, I need to make some production for Uncle Randy, don't I? Um, we've heard we've heard some Uncle Randy stories on this show. My Uncle Randy is a badass dude, but you know us, uh, our family grows up pretty feral and wild. So we got these really ridiculous stories because we like to make bad decisions because it's more fun that way. So Uncle Randy's pretty tough, right? Um, uh, I didn't call him. I'm going to, okay, this is what I think the story is for Uncle Randy. I'm pretty sure my Uncle Randy, um, you know, some buddy of his in the arena somehow worked his magic to get, like, on the bus with Hank Jr. Knew somebody who knew somebody, a truck driver maybe, I'm remembering, okay? Anyways, he's on. A, he's having a cocktail and maybe whatever else you have with Hank Jr., on on the bus, right? Like partying with Hank on the bus with the band. And then they um just, you know, they they drink a lot. I mean a lot a lot. Like Hank um is having a harder time standing than maybe Hank would like to. And maybe talking and walking and the whole deal, right? And they get him to the stage and and <laughs> and, and I I vaguely remember my uncle Randy being like, Oh no, we got Hank pretty fucked up, man. There's no way he's gonna be able to do a concert. And you get him to the side stage, and you, and someone whispers in his ear, like, hey, man, time to punch in. And he buttons right up, and he goes, you know, do you want to party? Uh, that's, that's, that's Hank Jr. Hank Jr.'s tough. He looks like he's been sober a couple times. What happened to his face? I don't, we're not going to talk about Hank Jr. for 400 years, but I know. I went to the concert. It was fun. Did he, did he fall off a mountain or something? That seems unlikely. Hank Williams Jr. He had some accident. That's why he's got to wear them sunglasses or something. Because he always looks like he's coming, you know. Hank Williams Jr. at at 73 with the sunglasses and all that always looks like he's just leaving the Cabela's parking lot to go duck hunting. (laughs) Uh, I can't take that Cabela's line. That's Jack Daniels. uh, He gave that to me because we were kind of laughing about it. I want to make sure I give credit. Acceptance, musical style, legacy, personal life, bum, 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 politics. I don't. I would care not to read about his politics. I'd rather just like Hank. He used to be. I remember he was on Fox News all the time. Hank Williams Jr. is the established rule of the pendulum principle of this show, the redneck <clears throat> pendulum. Fox and Friends. You know, in the beginning of it, kind of used to be like a, you know, it's a conservative morning show, but it's like the Today Show for white people from Ohio to Nebraska, and and you know when the I when it was all <laughs> when it got real when it first started like around Boehner's time, you know what I mean? Like well, Hank Junior's on the show still. He was he used to be on the show all the time, and he'd just be like, "Hey man, I'm Hank. We're partying, and I'm country and Austin City Limits or whatever," and then he'd stay on, and then and then they'd be like, "So Hank." What are your thoughts on Netanyahu and his foreign policy? And like, you know, Hank's, what do you think? Hank's going to fucking answer that question. That's when the redneck pendulum has swung too far. You got to get Hank back into the lane of all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. Um, what were we looking for? He fell off a mountain or he scraped his face. And it just Hank Williams face accidents. 
in Montana, in 75, he fell 440 feet while climbing a mountain. Holy shit, man. And, it, and it's, he's got all, he's got, someone with his eyes are all dicked up, I think. I'm not saying he isn't tough. I'm just saying he looks like he's going duck hunting. I wouldn't have the balls to say that if Hank was in this. <laughs> I shouldn't make them jokes if I'm not willing to say it while Hank's across the way here. Uh, anyways, if you get a shot, I can't, I can't imagine you're going to have a lot of opportunities to, uh, you know, see Hank Jr. again if you get a chance. It's pretty fun. Hey, this is all Hank. Uh, Hank, I, uh, there are several artists that are very memorable to me based on my dad Jamie's cassette collection when you would go fishing, okay? And that exists of Hank Williams Jr. live, like a whole live concert, right? Where he does, I mean, there's a 10-minute piano solo on the fucking thing. All on cassette. And then, what else was there? REO Speedwagon's Hits, Aerosmith Pump. I know every word to every Aerosmith song on the Pump record because of uh, that cassette. And then you'd, you know, you'd fish for a couple of days and rotate through about four cassettes and finally, like, <laughs> as soon as you started hearing that, of the Hank song, you'd be like, I'm going to blow my goddamn brains out. Please turn on AM radio. <laughs> oh, man. Um, boom, 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 boom. You know what I saw? The other day that I thought was wild, I saw not a bumper sticker, but like, you know, them little stickers you put on the back of your window to like, I guess it's still a bumper sticker, but it's not like a bumper sticker in like the political sense where you're like, you know, fucking, uh, uh, what's the Brandon? Let's go Brandon. So you idiots say, yeah, that, whatever that still not funny, but keep going. Um, I saw one on the back of some SUV that said powered by bitch dust, which is for sure the title of this episode. <laughs> uh, that's real. That's why'd you put that on your? I can't. I get the maybe the intent is like you know it's a female empowerment thing, but like that's makes you look like an I. Hard not to think of you as an asshole. Sorry, ma'am. Perhaps you're not. But, like, I'm envisioning two or three, you know, failed pyramid schemes and a real unhappy husband who doesn't have the patience to try to fix it. He's just riding it out like a cop trying to get his pension. <laughs> that's what it, that's what, if you show me on a Rorschach test what I think of when I see powered by bitch dust, it's that, you know, that. I just don't see how that's like, ooh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a boss bitch. Yeah, I'm out, <laughs> and you know, no harm. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those days. You should have to put your. You should have to disclose your bumper stickers on your dating apps. The true measure of what kind of asshole you are is the is what you're willing to put on the back of your vehicle and then forget about. And I just think that's important. That's far more important than. That's like it. That's up there with like, what's your religion? Do you smoke? If that's a thing you care about, what's <laughs> show me your bumper stickers? Mandatory. That would weed out a lot of. You know what I mean? 
or you may, or the other one. You might find, you know, someone's crazy who matches your crazy. And you go have dumb kids together. Bitch about the education system. <laughs> um, boom, boom, boom. That might be a take back next week. We'll see. Um, here's an interesting thing. I met a... <clears throat> so, like, last year on this show, we talked a lot about how hard it was for me to turn 40, right? So, like... I'm all at peace with all that, except I've hit a new milestone. Um, this company, this great company that uh, I'm at, Home Slice, the Home Slice Group, they're, it's love this place. This is it, it's a great home for stuff like this, and uh, we are we are growing and expanding, which is fun. And we, you know, I I love hiring new energy, and we hired a 19 year old as like not a part timer like who works on the weekends, but like a full time you know, got your, got your degree early. Here's your job. Move here from another state. 19. I've been doing this for a little long, a little, a little over 19. And like, whoa, a 19 year old. I've been doing this for 19 years and we're hiring 19 year olds. It's just, an, I don't feel like all like, Oh my God, I'm so old. I actually kind of like it. You know what I mean? This is where I feel like, um, one of the disconnects in this country is, you know, every 47 year old I know thinks that any 19 year old they're going to hire is absolutely worthless. And like probably to a 47 year old's ability and talent and skill set and job requirement. Sure. I don't know. Didn't you old people go through this when you were 19 and you thought your grandparents were dumb as fuck? Do you have no memory of any of this while you're bitching about young people? Yeah, it drives me bananas. Oh, I had to. This is embarrassing to admit, though. Okay, so like we do a lot of country music stuff up here, right? And what we do at the Home Slice Group. And some of them, one of them didn't know who George Strait was. Um, and so we're laughing about that. Like, oh my gosh, we're hiring people who are not old enough to even know who George Strait is or was. Is, is he alive? George Strait's alive. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's, see, this is my point. I'm, a, I'm a, I had to admit my country friends, you're going to be so embarrassed of me. I'll just get it out on the table. We're sitting in this meeting and I, I, of course I know who George Strait is. Right. And like he was in that movie too. Right. But I don't, I can't, I, at the time I've fixed it now, but at the time I couldn't name you one. Oh God, this is embarrassing. I couldn't name a George Strait song. Not because I was having a brain fart. It's just like I didn't really grow up with George Strait music. I grew up with ACDC and, you know, Aerosmith Pump. So I couldn't like think of a George Strait song. I know I could hear 90 minutes of George Strait songs and know every one. Just can't name it, right? And <laughs> Colby Dean did our CEO. He's like, it was flabbergasted. Like, what about Amarillo by morning? And that generated something we haven't had for quite some time. And ladies and gentlemen, stories from Alcester, 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 Alcester. Yes. Stories from Alcester. Or is it Alcester? Something. Stories from Alcester. I like that. We got a little production. That's a fine. I like the farm. I like the farm animals he put in. That's Oakley, by the way, one of the home slicers. Thank you, man. Okay. George Strait led to um, the song Amarillo by Morning. Somebody was asking, have you never heard of Amarillo by Morning? And I have, except for when I was little, 
I okay. So like here where we grow up in South Dakota, I know I've got confirmation of this happening in both Iowa and Wyoming. But city people, listen to this. When we're little, like eight, nine, six, whatever, in kindergarten, third grade, fourth, fifth grade, whatever, we all learn how to square dance. This is so fucking white. So like that's our first like it's your first like this is how they teach you to interact boy girl style, right? Where you gotta like, you know, square dance. And you get you get partnered up with uh, I got partnered up with uh, Renee Steenick was her I'm sure she's whatever I don't know I, I I have no idea if that's I think Renee Steenick's alive I don't know if she's a Steenick but like she was my square dance partner I think that's how I'm remembering this and like for a couple of years I think I thought Amarillo by Morning was not a George Strait song but sang by a dude named Mister Tenager who is like a short little wrestler dude with a mustache. And like, I just thought he sang the song because he'd sing Amarillo by morning and we'd all square dance to it as seven year olds. And like, I remember like being 12 or 13 or whatever you hear Amarillo by morning on the, on the radio, you know? And, and <laughs> hold on, I think I got some playing here. Give me a second. And so like, I'd be singing along to the song. It's a great song. Amarillo by morning across something like that, whatever. And in the, in the song, in the version of the song that I know, all the square dance instructions were in it. So like, that's just when I got home, promenade left. And like, I heard it on the radio without the promenade left, which is a square dance, like call to action. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, where's all the square dance stuff? And, and the people in the car, are like, what are you talking about? This is, this is, there's no the square dance stuff. That's only in the version where, where you're square dancing. It's like, ah, Amarillo by morning, George Strait's a person. I'm nine in my defense. I'm like fucking ten, maybe right. And 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 it. Oh, I thought Mr. Tenager sang Amarillo by morning. It just decided to fly into Elsister every Tuesday morning at nine thirty, so we could square dance to it. That's weird, man. We would square like how come how. I'm all about an education system and I'm all about um, what would be called liberal arts, right? Knowing a little bit about everything. But I guess I would ask you all to meet me in the middle because like while I remember all of this stuff and I can probably fucking square dance, how come nobody taught me how to balance my checkbook? Like shouldn't have that been a class somewhere after promenade left and promenade right? As a 41-year-old, it doesn't seem that unreasonable of a request sitting right here. Um, <laughs> there's your story from El Sister. All right, let's do, uh, let's do the news. Last week, last week, Houston stepped in because, Dean, you had, what, what did you have cooking? You had family stuff cooking? Yeah, my wife had her both of her knees replaced. Your wife had both of her knees replaced within uh, four weeks of each other. Wait, a minute. <laughs> not a, like the same. Like they don't do they don't do two knees at once. We tried to really, <laughs> but they're so short staffed that they couldn't do it. So yeah, we did one like uh, a month ago, and then one a couple. Wait weeks a minute, ago. the reason you didn't do two knee surgeries at once was because the staffing was hard, not because two knees at once is hard. Yeah. That's pretty bitch, and your wife's pretty tough. Okay. Anyways, we're we're back to back to the ho- Houston sucked. By the way, Houston was fucking terrible. 
So, like, you didn't lose your spot. Okay. You are the news guy. I still don't think that feels right, but I will try my hardest. I, <laughs> let's do the, let's, let's, let's the theme song. Not really breaking news with Dean. What's up first? Well, one of the big ones, President Biden. It's in a $700 million package to the Ukraine. For- is, that, is that okay? So I haven't, I have not heard any i've been swamped all day so i haven't heard any news is that like the news du jour is like this seven seven what did you say seven hundred million to the ukraine to the ukraine which has advanced rocket systems that are supposed to precisely target things to i believe what it implies here to protect the citizens from collateral damage there i read i might be off on my numbers here but like it's something like this we've sent like 60 billion dollars Right to the to the Ukraine, something oh, like that. Probably, yeah, something in that range, right? And Russia's all in, like military budget is sixty billion dollars. Oh wow, I, I didn't even know that. No, I don't know if that's true or not. There's it, some bird oh, knowledge fuckery in there. You know what I mean? But like that's what I I heard. I think that I heard Bill Maher right. said that. Anyways, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, do you have a do you have an opinion one way? You're the news guy. Give me you. What do you, you do? Is that good? Let's give a little context. Seven hundred million? I know that's a lot of money, but in war, I don't know if that's a lot of money. It's not a lot of money in war. Do you ever see that movie, Charlie? Charlie, what's that Tom Hanks movie where he does this oh, shit? Uh, Charlie Wilson's War. Yeah. Right. It's a real. It's a real telling thing. Okay. So like, here's this ding dingaling house rep. All of a sudden, he's in the right committees, and like he he it starts with a fifty million, hundred million, two hundred million. It ends up being a couple of billion, which would be around sixty billion now, right? Sure. Same kind of deal. And then the very second Russia pulled out. And then we stopped giving him any money whatsoever for sandwiches and hospitals because basically when you fucking bomb Afghanistan, it looks like before you bombed Afghanistan, right? And it doesn't change much after <laughs> right. you throw a million, jillion missiles around in the middle of it all. It's still all caves and fucking cheap. And that's how we have the problems we have today. Because the second you don't have an infrastructure, they replace it with madrasas, right? Where you can't pick up a fucking tuba ever because tubas will or the devil, and so are women. And that's how, you know what I mean? Like, it all, it's all connected, dingalings. It's a little bit of a bitch to Republicans about foreign policy, I guess, is what I'm trying to wrap it into. Anyways, it's the news. 700 million bucks. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, this one I figured you'd appreciate. Uh, Canada has now announced that they're going to temporarily decriminalize illegal drugs. For, and, Why would I like that? Because <laughs> that sounds like something you'd like to talk about. This is the second time <laughs> somebody is... I was sitting in a board meeting today for a fucking political pack. Not like some dipshit thing, right? Like a real thing. And someone's like... I couldn't remember who they were talking about in terms of they were talking about the chief of police in Rapid. And he was and he was joking. He wasn't being an asshole, but he was like, he probably arrested you. And I'm like, I've never actually been arrested. <laughs> I'm not a fucking criminal just because I use salty language and have opinions. No, I didn't mean that at all. Just that that's like you meant this is a pothead thing. That's no, fine. not you even can, that. Because Ill- uh, illicit illegal drug. They're talking about um, methamphetamines, cocaine, ecstasy. You can have up to two point point grams. Wait a They're gonna do what Oregon did. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think a version, a version of, of where like all drugs are fine. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, 
right? All drugs up to 2.5 grams. Yeah, it sounds insane, but it's actually a pretty smart business because you see rehab goes up. Now, there's not a lot of data plots to test this, but they've done this in, I want to say it's Portugal. That's probably what that study says somewhere or a news article. That's what they always reference is that they did this in Portugal. I think it's Portugal. And like they saw violent crime go down. They saw petty crime go down. They saw rehab go up. They didn't see an increase or a decrease in drug users. Sure. It just became less shameful to be one and it became uh, more uh, open-minded that it was a problem. It doesn't mean they still didn't have dipshits taking advantage of the system, right? Like, yeah. P- drug people hear, dr- like, like pro-cop, anti-drug people hear that and be like, that's insane. If you allow everybody to do heroin, everybody will do heroin. Well, that's not really true. I can do heroin now. It's not that goddamn hard to find heroin, right? It doesn't make me want to go do heroin. If I could buy heroin at Common Sense, our local gas station here, I still probably wouldn't <laughs> fucking buy heroin. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, there's a lot of common sense in this stuff that you just can't apply because you got to run for office. For like three years is what they're Three-year test run. That's yeah. a big country to right? do that. That's what I thought. Imagine trying to suggest that here. <laughs> hey, man. Like you can do a little bit of cocaine and you can, it's not that it's illegal or it's not that they've legalized it. It's that they've decriminalized it. Yes. It's a big difference in there. Correct. Nothing that gets passed. And our, this wouldn't survive our election process. This, 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 this really progressive out there stuff. I could see Mounties on horses with little scales. Making sure that they have enough of. Have you ever met a Mountie? <laughs> I have. Do you know you? Okay, cool. Oh shit! I was gonna hope when you say no. I had fun Mountie stories. Tell me about your Mountie. You tell me your Mountie experience. It was. It was. I was working at a tourist trap when I was a teenager here in the Black Hills. Here in the Black Hills, and a Mountie came. Where and were you working? I was working at Rushmore Cave. Okay, so a lot of people listen to this. They're from the cities. And a lot of people listen to this are from, they kind of know what that is, right? So, like, you gave cave tours. And mm-hmm. in the Black Hills, the beautiful area we're at, there's a lot of really great caves you can go explore. Awesome ones, yeah. And so you were a guide at Rushmore Caves. Yeah. I'm real claustrophobic. I can't do that. My kids give cave tours, right? Or right, one yeah, does yeah. Still, and, like, I got to do them every once in a while. <laughs> Holy shit. I have to, you would imagine the amount of marijuana edibles I have to get to get through that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell me about your Mountie. Not really. You a just lot met, met him. And oh, I was, you don't like, you're not buddies with him. Or no, no, nothing okay. like that. He just told me it was fun and I was waiting for an accent and a boot. <laughs> I had, um, I ha- I wouldn't call him a friend, I guess, but, um, I spent the summer with an, a retired Mountie, a Rocky, uh, mountain Canadian police. That's what they're actually are. The uh, Royal, no Royal, that's Royal right. Canadian, yeah, not Royal Rock, Rocky Mountain. That doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> Royal Canadian. Royal yeah. Canadian right. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, his name was Dietmeyer. I was a fishing guide up in the Northwest Territories in Canada, and our bush pilot was named Dietmeyer. He was a German accent dude, and he was a, a Mountie, and like, you know, he's kind of a square, but <laughs> once in a while, if you got him drinking a little at night, you could tell him to get fun stories, because he was on like the drug task force. Oh, yeah. So one t- he was a pilot for the Mounties, too, a lot. So he one time he landed his bush plane pilot uh, plane on top of the car that was going down the highway to make it crash. Right? So they could arrest the dude. Dietmeyer was a gangster, dude. That's like movie stuff. You yeah. Oh, I crash a plane into a car. It was fun hearing all these insane stories. <laughs> and then, and like you feel pretty safe with a guy like that, right? Some bitch gets us lost, lost for hours in the Northwest Territories. I thought we were going to die. Did he and say like, you know who gets eaten in that situation? Guess who gets eaten? Not the 45-year mounted police bushman with experience. It's the doughy pothead who's 18 <laughs> who recently put an axe in his ankle splitting wood on this. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't going to make it. We lived, obviously. That's Deep Meyer. There's my Mountie story. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Okay. Um, well, you're talking about the deep woods. This one uh, just happened. I think it was yesterday. I'm not sure what time the podcast will air, but I'm not sure either. Go um, for it. Yellowstone. Someone wanted to touch a buffalo. Oh shit! Did we already get our first <laughs> buffalo our first deal? One. Okay, we got back this up a little. So, like here, we're in the Black Hills of South Dakota. If you go to the next state over, Wyoming. They have their own little version of this called the. You've heard of uh, Old Faithful, mm-hmm. the Geyser, Yellowstone Park, the Tetons. It's real pretty out there. Beautiful. And every year, some dipshit, either here or there, tries to get a selfie with a buffalo. And like they think they're cows, but they're not. They're like if cows had the tendency of bears. That's basically what a buffalo <laughs> is. It, you know what I mean? Like, right. It, a buffalo is a cow with the temperance or the temperament of a. Uh, a polar bear in the way that they will hunt people if they're pissed. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Anyways, usually this don't happen until August. It ain't, it's fucking June 1st. <laughs> We're already clipping tourists with Buffalo. Said so near the boardwalk at black sand basin, just North of old faithful approached it. It got flung 10 feet into the air before the <laughs> animal gored and tossed her. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Did she make it? Is she alive? It's a lot funnier if they live. Uh, sustained a puncture wound and other injuries. I'm assuming survived. They didn't say. Oh, it's not like if they die, then you can't laugh as hard. If you can, then you got to wait a while. <laughs> then it's funny after a while. But if they don't die, it's funny shit. If they're like no injury, no major injuries, then you can make fun of them all day. I think they would have said that she died. That's I don't think true. she died. Yeah. Well, I hope I'm not. I'm not wishing that no. there's death. No. I'm <laughs> wishing you idiots would city people stop fucking touching Buffalo. They're not your buddies. It's not a little oochie boochie goochie boo little thing. They will, you know, me friends I know that have like shoulder injuries. A client of ours has like a half a metal skull because he flipped it, a buffalo flipped his four wheeler over. These are dangerous animals. They're not your fucking hop along ride tourist buddy. <laughs> Although it's funny as shit every year when you guys get trampled by it. So they like do what you're going to do. Well, okay. Give me something else. That was that was that your local, or was um, that your? I asked you to come up with a happy one. Was no, your buffalo well, goring the happy one? It <laughs> was a little both. Um, <laughs> okay, there was a 62-year-old Rapid City man convicted to failure uh, failure to register as sex offender and got 17 months in federal prison. Just this got, is your local story. You that picked? was a local one. Yeah, I asked you to pick bring one local story in, and you picked a sex offender. Well, that was the one that. Okay, hold on a second. Maybe I didn't clarify. A, a South Dakota story that you know something Andy Rooney might find, or you know, it's not a not a fucking pedophile story. <laughs> we used to do. You know, okay, hold on. Okay. Maybe we can redeem this. All right. I used to do. We used to do the funnest bit uh, when I. So like some of the people that listen to this podcast go way back, right? I used to be an honor guy, and the it maybe is the single most fun radio bit we've ever done ever. Dean's a radio guy, so we can talk about this. It was called How Many Sex Offenders Live Near You. I remember that one. And yeah. like you play game show music, right? That's Ben Hill or whatever. And like you'd have to say what the street you lived on and the town you lived in. And then we'd fire it up. How You'd have to guess. And it's gross. Shocking amount of sex offenders that live near you. I mean, there is the answer's never zero. No. I'll say that. The answer's almost fucking never zero inside of a household income area. But, you know, apartment living? <laughs> Good night, Moose. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay. What happened? Uh, just got, he didn't register, got 17 months federal prison over that one. Yeah. Registering for a sex offender, that's got to be a real, like, top 10 list of shittiest things you'd ever have to do. Like, forgetting to do it? 
I bet you could. <laughs> forgetting to do is worse. Because then they put your picture all over the post office right. and shit. Well, yeah. now I feel bad because the rest of the stories are just, yeah, anything that happened here locally just was kind of. Local can be South Dakota. Doesn't have to be local. You know what I mean? We don't have to talk about every rape in Rapid City here for the people <laughs> listening in Chicago, for example. They have their own. Oh, rapes. oh uh, this is a big one that caught my eye right away. Um, the new uh, packing plant they're going to build just south of town here. I could talk a lot about this. It's, so, for those of you in, I guess, in the area, would care about this, right? Um, we're gonna—it's beef packing plant, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna slaughter some cattle here in town. A lot. So, I off a, a bit we've been gen- working on rough draft bit here on this podcast are packing plant stories. I have a lot of them. I worked in a packing plant. What would you like to know? Would you like to hear the summer I fell in love with the chick girl? <laughs> <laughs> You're a you're a you're a ranch. Yeah. You have a ranch background. Oh, yeah. What did Rory Lemel say about you? You know more about rodeo. Is that what he said? You know more about rodeo than anybody. Uh, not that I know more, but I would say my. Like you have a ro- You're a rodeo. You're rodeo royalty in this state. Yeah. Like how? how? Explain how you are. My great grandfather was the one who started rodeo in South Dakota. Is that Casey Tibbs? No, Russ Madison. Russ Madison. Your yeah. great. Grandfather, yes, started rodeo in South Dakota. What does that mean? Means they literally out on the family ranch. They would gather up all the like cars. The first make, rodeos, first rodeos. They in, would, they make their own arena out of parked cars. No shit. And they would have guys riding the rough stock. And my grandfather was the one who provided the rough stock. Dean, the news guy, rodeo royalty. <laughs> Dean, the news guy. Grand, guy. Grandfather royalty. Me, not nah, so much. you're royalty. With the new, you know, if you're the prince of whatever the fuck, you didn't do anything, right? But, like, you're still prince of whatever the fuck. That would be nice. <laughs> I like that. We I like that idea. It. Let's put it on your business cards. <laughs> the prince. Prince of South Dakota royalty. You're oh. the, let's give you, or you're at least a duke, right? Like, you can be the, you can be the, you know, Jackson County Duke of Rodeo. Where is is that? Where's your family from? It's from here. Here, Pennington County. Pennington County. So the Pennington County. He's the one that started up Days of '76. He's the one that started up. No shit. uh, Black Hills Roundup. The Range Days. That's all that he started up. Used to ride with uh, Wild Bill. Um, Can you rodeo? Do you have a rodeo sport? I used to. What did you rodeo? I used to. I used to bulldog. You're a bulldogger, right? <laughs> Explain could... bulldogging to people who don't know. I've always wanted to try this. Oh, fuck. Maybe you can help me. Easiest way to describe bulldogging is the horse does all the work and you fall off the horse onto a okay. steer. Here's the other way to put it. <laughs> you sit on a horse, right? And a steer is, is in a chute next to you. Yes. And that some bitch takes off. And you got to get your horse going fast and you got to jump off your goddamn horse and you got to grab the steer's horns and like Correct. get it down to the ground in a certain way. All while you're moving off of a horse. Yes. I've always wanted to try it. I'm not shit. <laughs> not the age to try it now, but yeah. That's... I do a ton of yoga. I'm probably fine. <laughs> you probably are. <laughs> okay. I got a slow... Slow steer. We'll is, there practice a way, on. is there a way to practice it with like, how do you practice? Like, how do I start at home? Well, you need a horse. Oh, you need a horse? Yeah. You can't, there's not like a bulldogger practice. You need to learn to buy. fall off a horse. Oh, yeah. shit. I could fall off a horse all day long. Do I need to learn how to ride a horse before I <laughs> no, need to learn how to fall off? No, the horse does really See, right? all the you work. You just got to get yeah. the horse going. I, okay, I'm two, as of this morning, <laughs> I'm 230. I've, I've been ignoring it a little. I'm back up to like 237. Is that too fat to bulldog? No. no? I've seen a lot of fat guys bulldogging, right? 
Well, you know, the, hopefully the horse can. The horse doesn't have to ride you. Or you don't have to ride it very long. But you'd think a skinnier, taller guy would be good at the leverage of it all. I've seen skinny guys be able to do yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. I was, t- you know, the ones that are causing fights in the bar are all <laughs> real fat as shit and tough. That's the ones I. That's what the bulldoggers I know the most. They're the ones that are always talking shit at the bar after about thirteen Jamesons <laughs> or Pendleton. Yeah, it's probably Pendleton. Rodeo royalty. <laughs> Dean, how do you want to be, just be Dean, or sure, do, do you want to be Dean Taylor? How do you want to be interviewed? You're the this is your news. This is your end of the farm. Dude's called, Dean's fine. Dean the news guy. Dean the news guy. Everybody. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's the show. I think. Do we have an outro? Might have an outro. Do we have an outro? Look at this. The opinions on this podcast are the sole <laughs> opinions of the Book of Murdoch podcast. And nobody Fun. who employs them is responsible. Unless those opinions are pretty rad. Nobody who would get them fired would actually listen to the show. If you are a listener who is actively trying to cancel Murdoch, please post about it loudly. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to use the hashtag Book of Murdoch. That was cool. I don't think that's what I meant to play, but that was cool. All right. <laughs> uh. You're listening to the Book of Murdoch. Damn right. Give it a like. Give it a listen. I appreciate it. This might be episode 50, actually, or 49. We're into the third season, and we're rocking and rolling. We might be able to do this some bitch weekly here coming up. You can also listen to it uh, if you're listening here locally and you want an old-school feel. I think you can listen to this on Real Rock 100.3 The Fox, our local badass rock station here in the beautiful Black Hills. Alrighty, thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next week. This is Book of Murdoch. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular credits was recorded in Studio 2A. Executive producer is Mark He's in my cell phone as Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> Executive producers, Mark Houston. Engineering, Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon. And all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert... Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share, and you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this, and he's going to be so annoyed, and that tickles my fancy. (laughs) So leave this goddamn piece in.